Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, I have seen the Jay Gruden RG3 back and forth. Uh, and I am going to talk about it. In fact, our guest right now, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, uh, tweeted it out last night as well. Uh, Brad joins us, by the way, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We've had Brad on the show a lot. You can follow Brad on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Actually, let, let me ask you about this. So Jay, for those of you that don't know, Jay Gruden, um, who comes on my podcast every week, tweeted out last night, if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen, as in Jalen Hurts, through, 
I apologize. Pick up a blitz, you know, exclamation point, to which RG3, you know, does this uh, picture of himself with his glasses tilted saying, say what? Um, Jay then responded, Jay responded by saying, you weren't prepared, Robert. And Robert, Bobby the third said, you told me you didn't know how to coach a quarterback who could throw and run like me. So it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. Um, pretty hysterical. I actually, Brad, with you, I'll just start with this. I mean, Jay wasn't wrong. What were, what were they doing last night? Bulls seem to have them completely flustered. It's been an issue for them the entire season where they just do not know how to properly respond to the blitz. They don't have these hot routes available to Jalen Hurts. Everyone is still running 10 yards downfield when you know Todd Bowles likes to bring pressure. Um, I thought he had a good game plan specifically for this game. But, yeah, they just have not had a counter um, and just a schematic approach to how they're going to answer when a team brings a blitz. It's been it's bizarre. There have been people writing articles about it for months now, um, and it just never changed. You know, here, early on in the season, when Washington, when Sam Howell had his first really good game, which was at Philly, a game they lost 34-31 in overtime, I remember coming in the next day saying, something ain't right with Philadelphia defensively. And I didn't want to knock Howell in the offense because it was a productive day, but they they just, at early on, they were struggling defensively Ultimately, was it the loss of their coordinator? Was it personnel? Why did why did Philadelphia regress so significantly from twenty two to twenty three defensively? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I do think Jonathan Gannon is a good coach, so, so that's probably part of it. But I also think, truly, this is showing me variance in defense. And yeah, yeah. you saw last year their schedule was maybe the easiest opposing schedule of quarterbacks and offenses in the entire NFL. Um, that obviously changes when you have a first-place first schedule, get some tougher matchups throughout the season. And then also just the fragility I, I thought you saw with you re-signed both Darius Slay and James Bradbury, both corners over 30 years of age, both coming off of you know Pro Bowl, All-Pro seasons in 2022. Not saying it's an easy decision to just let those guys walk, but Bradbury, you know, I, I don't think he got benched last night. There were some tweets going around they did. I think he maybe just missed a couple series with injury, but he hasn't been good all year long. They moved him into the slot to try to get him in a different look. That didn't work. And Slay was fine um, before that injury, but, you know, he's 32 years old trying to be a number one receiver or number one corner and match up with some of these guys they're facing. So, that was a big part of it, and they had all the sacks last year, you know, the 70 sacks, whatever it was, the most in the NFL uh, in a very long time, if not ever. A lot of those were still covered sacks. Like, it's a good pass rush unit, no question about it, and you drop in a Jalen Carter, you know, in theory, get even better. But when your secondary cannot hold up whatsoever, when you're off-ball linebackers, you lose T.J. Edwards, who was phenomenal this year in Chicago, quarterbacks are just throwing the ball quickly, um, and just kind of mitigating your pass rush by not letting you get home. Yeah, the 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 short the, the quick game has really mitigated pass rush to a certain extent. Guys like you have explained that, and in, in you know um, over the years, it's funny because I I talked about in the open to the show, and I'm sure it comes from reading you and reading Sam and others, you know, about this that. 
there's there's so much variance year to year when it comes to defense. Look at Washington's defense last year, top 10 in almost every advanced statistical metric. And this year, arguably the worst defense in football, Philly the same thing. Um, why, in your opinion, is there much greater year-to-year variance with defense versus much less with offense? Yeah, I think a couple things. So, so first, uh, I do think your defensive performance is often predicated, like I said, by the opponent. But I also think at a larger level, defense is more of a weak link system. And by that, I mean, you know, if you have maybe one or two corners or one or two linebackers in coverage or even just one, that, that is a huge, huge deficit to your defense that guy can get picked on, and it can make as good as the other guys are, and obviously this is oversimplifying it a little bit, but as good as those other guys are, it can just really it can cause more problems where if you have a good quarterback, maybe one good receiver, and, an, and a league average offensive line or, or schemer and play caller or whatever, you can overcome more things. Like I think it's interesting you look at some of the Shanahan offenses this year. The Niners have one good offensive lineman, <laughs> like with all due respect. Like Trent Williams is one of the best to ever do it. They have four replacement-level offensive linemen besides him. Miami doesn't really have a good offensive line. They've had some good stories this year, some success stories, some guys that have earned some money. None of them are, are great players. They're, they're all solid. And, and they're just coaching around it, and they're scheming around it by getting the ball out quickly. Obviously, those teams have some of the best weaponry in the NFL. So that's the, the, the biggest thing, is I think you can hide and mask your deficiencies way easier on offense. Uh, where on defense, like – it's just tough. And then, of course, injuries are, you know, are part of football on both sides of the ball, but, but can really just kind of tear down a defensive unit pretty quickly. By the way, Todd Bowles, I've always been a big fan. You know, when he was in New York, he had the head coaching opportunity, no quarterback, no offense during that run. I'm actually really happy for him because he's a first-rate guy. He was here as a player during the glory years, Brad, um, when they were winning Super Bowls and they were, you know, a relevant franchise. Um, And I'm just wondering what you think of him as a defensive mind. You know, I think he's always shown uh, a willingness to adapt and change and have great week-to-week game plans, you know, as a defensive coordinator. And at first, underneath Bruce Arians, obviously he's infamous for, in particular, you know, going up against Patrick Mahomes. But throughout that entire playoff run, he was one of the – he ran a defense that was so, so predicated on single high safety, loading up the box, stopping the run, and they did get picked on in coverage. And he kind of – has evolved with the rest of the NFL where now he plays a lot more too high safety or he rotates coverage or he brings different, more exotic blitz packages and pressures. He's a really, really good defensive play caller. There's, there's no doubt about it. And the biggest thing for me is just you can see on a week-to-week basis, depending on the opponent, the defense looks totally different. They weren't perfect this year. They did actually allow some of the most explosive pass plays in the NFL, but it's in part because they had a ton of injuries in the secondary and their pass rush unit just kind of needs to get some of these young guys to grow. But you see development from his players, their rookie class on defense has a ton of guys, you know, Kalaja Kansas, the first rounder, Yaya Diaby off the edge, making plays on a weekly basis. He is, he's really, really good. And the last piece I would say that is fun to see and cool to see, they went for it on fourth and two last night at like midfield. You yeah. never see that from Todd Bowles. And I, and right. I think, but that's always been one of the biggest knocks on him. But I think he is, he's clearly open to listening and learning and growing. And that's awesome. Do you give them a chance at, at Detroit? 
I, I mean, I, I guess you can't not. I think Mike Evans is going to be an absolute nightmare for the Lions to cover, and maybe Baker just throws it up to him, and, and he goes off, and, and that's a, a way to win. I do like the matchup of – I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is now a, a weekly problem, a force-multiplying defender, but the tackles in Tampa are, are as good as it gets. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, Wirfs. and now Luke Kadecki has really taken strides at right tackle as well. So, you know, maybe they kick Hutchinson inside, which they do a bunch, and he's successful there too. But if they can keep him at bay to a degree, and then, yeah, Baker can just kind of pick on this secondary, um, I, I think they can they can keep up with them. So I, I guess we'll see. Um, bringing kind of the conversation full circle, uh, starting with Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden desperately tried to hire Todd Bowles uh, prior to the 2019 season, bring him back to you know uh, Washington. Doug Williams was a big part of trying to recruit him. Uh, they had been teammates together, but Jay was a lame duck, you know. And Bruce Arians had a much uh, better situation. Um, in that moment, and uh, they obviously went away from that, and they ended up giving the job to Greg Minuski, which turned out to be a disaster. We're talking to uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. So I do want to ask you about the team here, and we will get to that in a couple of minutes. But with respect to what happened this weekend, the stunner obviously was Dallas not just losing, but losing in a one-sided beatdown blowout. Do you expect changes? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also just a good, you know, tying to our first topic there, you know, Dan Quinn's defense just did not match up with a Shanahan team. They no. don't have linebackers on the roster and they just got bullied and pushed around. So again, because of some injuries and some issues there. So You agree, right, that that was the number one reason for the loss. I mean, Dak did not play well, but Quinn was completely – they were manhandled, and he was outwitted at every turn by LaFleur. Both manhandled and then had guys just running wide open. Wide open. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, yes. Obviously, Dak had the pick six, which kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. But, yeah, he wasn't terrible, and and the defense truly was terrible from start to finish. So I do agree with you there. Um I know that we haven't heard anything yet, and I do think Jerry Jones is going to take his time to work through this a little bit, but I would be somewhat surprised um, if McCarthy keeps this job. The scuttlebutt the entire year everyone was talking about was McCarthy needs to win probably one, maybe even two playoff games to keep his job, or Jones might go you know, big game hunting. He didn't just lose in the first round. I mean, he got just, they got blown out. They were not prepared. They were outclassed on both sides of the ball. You know, we agree more so the defense, but still, uh, the offense obviously was not firing on all cylinders until they were down 20 to nothing. So, yeah, I I do. I think you'll see a different head coach there soon. Sticking with them for a moment, um, the other part of it, and I talked about it right before you came on, uh, to me, again, the, the, the Dallas defense was the number one reason, and you count a couple of spaces until you get to number two as to why they lost and how badly they lost. However... I thought Dak, from the moment he took the field, down 7 nothing, looked tight, looked rattled. Um, and they got to make a decision to pay him $60 million a year. So how do you think that goes? Yeah, I mean, this is why, you know, the leverage is all in Dak's camp and, and all in his favor. And they just played this so poorly because you tag him a second time, so now a third tag is not really an option, and they can always, you know, kind of use that against you. Yes, he had a bad playoff performance, and, you know, historically, yes, he was very good in the first round last year. But, you know, kind of that is a bit of a knock against him. 
you don't really have a choice. I mean, he had an MVP caliber season. I'm not saying he's my MVP vote. He was a top five quarterback in the NFL this year, no bones about it. And, and I think you can, you know, bring in, a, if you do bring in a new head coach, then we can untap that further. He kept talking all season long about how much in love he is with the West Coast offense and the timing with his footwork and all these elements of, like, I didn't even realize how much easier it was to play quarterback and how much right. better things could be. Um, so I think there's even optimism of potential room for growth for him. Yeah, you, you got you got to do it. Uh, he's going to become one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. It'll be a player friendly structure. It'll be short term again. It'll, you know, three probably four years again. That's just you, you just have to. If you have a top ten quarterback in the NFL in his late twenties, that's that's what you do. Yeah, it's really it's such. I think it's such an interesting thing because. He's not in a he's not one of the specials, you know, he's not Mahomes, he's not Josh Allen, he's not Burrow, you know, what whoever you want to put in the top four or five of the elites. But it's almost impossible to find somebody that you're sure will be as good as him. Right, no, 100%. And I think that argument gets made oftentimes with quarterbacks that shouldn't get made about like, oh, it's so hard to find like a Daniel Jones replacement. Like, no, it isn't. Um, you know, but, but with Dak, he certainly does fall into that category. And he's not one of the cyborgs. I think my new favorite term to describe it is like one of the hoopers. Where like there, there is a stiffness and a rigidity to his game. He doesn't just kind of, you know, dance, dance around and have these weird off-platform throws and weird arm angles and, and create something out of nothing. He can do it at times, but it's not really his game. And those are the guys now that are really taking teams and offenses to another level because – inside structure they can operate and then when things break down they can create these explosive plays and chunk plays with their legs or of course the the best quarterbacks right now are the ones that are the best throwing when scrambling so he's not in that class he he isn't but he is still too good to to really in my opinion even entertain going a different direction yeah I, i think you're right on that we're talking to brad spielberger from pff i know we're focusing on the two nfc east team losses but you think McCarthy will be gone. What about Sirianni? So that one's wild. I mean, coming into the game last night, I was like, all right, this is maybe some Philly media and maybe some national media kind of buying into a bit of a crazy narrative. He was 10-1 and one to start the year. Yes, it wasn't, you know, it was a bit of a fraudulent 10-1, and one, but you lose the Super Bowl and you still kind of galvanize the group and regroup and start off the year with a 10-1 and one record with some wins over some good teams. I mean, they beat Kansas City, they beat Buffalo, they won with offense. They won at times with defense. I just couldn't buy it. But, I mean, last night's effort from that team was as poor of an effort as I've ever seen. Like, we, we can talk X's and O's and scheme all we want. The first tackler to the ball, I don't think, made the tackle a single time the entire night. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I've never seen anything like it from a disciplined, veteran-led, proud team, proud organization. I don't care who the, you know, the injuries Tackling doesn't mean you need to be, you know, uber talented to get a guy on the ground. So that to me, I, I don't know, but that looked to me like a team that has quit on their coach. I, I don't know how else to describe it. So maybe they do. I just, it sounds crazy to even say it out loud. But, but yeah, last night certainly looked like a team that, that wants a new head coach. And it's not like Jeffrey Lurie hasn't pulled the plug quickly before. Chip Kelly, Doug Peterson, Peterson, you know, a couple of years after actually winning uh, the Super Bowl. So give me two guesses on the new coaches in Dallas and Philadelphia. Yeah, so for Dallas, I think Mike Vrabel's interesting. You know, I'm sure maybe they make a run at Bill Belichick. I I do think Belichick to Atlanta is going to get done. 
Yeah, I think when that gets reported, you know, I'm sure the only people that knew about that, if they wanted to, would be Bill Belichick and owner Arthur Blank. And if they wanted to keep that private and not let it get out, I think it would have. So I just think it says a lot that we heard about the interview the day of, and I think there is a mutual respect there. I think people kind of forget that Thomas Dimitrov and Scott Pioli ran the building for 15 years, and both of those guys came from New England and kind of established that system. So I think Belichick goes there and doesn't go to Dallas, and I wonder if Jones thinks the big splash this year. All right, go through Mike Rabel, a tone setter, a culture setter, a guy I think would work better with the Cowboys too. Like he does want power, just like Belichick does, but I think he'd be more open to kind of letting Jerry have the spotlight and, and do his weekly radio hits and all that stuff, and Rabel can just focus on football. So I'll take that swing there. For Philly, I mean, it's got to be offense. They don't they don't hire defensive head coaches. I mean, you mentioned they fired a lot better coaches than Nick Sirianni. Um, you know, and they all they were all offensive juggernauts. So. I mean, I, you know, maybe they go young again and inexperienced again, like Sirianni. They go like a Dave Canales in Tampa, a Bobby Slowick in Houston would make a whole lot of sense. Um, let's go him. Let's, let's go Bobby Slowick in Houston as the next head coach of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so that leaves Ben Johnson potentially for here. Is that your guess? <clears throat> that is my guess, for sure. And what do you think of the, the combination of Peters and Ben Johnson? I think it's about as good of an offseason as you could have. Uh, I think they probably were, if not the top candidates in both respective jobs, uh, certainly at the top of the list. Peters has become a guy that doesn't even really take interviews unless there's serious interest. I think it's notable just the fact that he was willing to leave in the first place. Uh, it, it speaks to the, the belief he has in the forward direction of this organization. Um, the people that have worked with him say he, he's a phenomenal scout. He is open to the idea of all that they're going to want to incorporate. Like He is going to be the football guy, but you know, San Francisco kind of underratedly does a lot of work in, in the analytics space and, um, you know, f- football research, all those things. <clears throat> and then Ben Johnson, yeah, I, I think is the best head coaching candidate on the market. I'm frankly not sure it's particularly close. And, and I like a lot of other guys, but multiple years now calling plays on offense. Jared Goff is a good thrower of the football, but you have to cater a scheme around him. And, and it's the last piece is he's different. He's not, hey, let's get the next Shanahan guy that runs outside zone and under center play action and builds concepts off of it. He's, he's totally unique in how he goes about the game. They have a heavy gap inside zone scheme in Detroit. They bully you. He wants to run the football and set up a lot of the passing game. Um, I, just, I just think he is the best candidate on the, in the cycle. All right. Uh, I'll ask you for your hunch also, and you can give that afterwards, but what do you think they should do at the quarterback position holding the number two overall pick? I was starting to buy into Sam Howell a little bit, you know, towards the middle of the season, in particular when the pressure to sack rate started to come down, and it did. You know, from week, you know, like 9 through 15, it was like, all right, he's starting to figure it out, not take as many sacks that are his fault. Um, but it, it then just got uglier, you know, on, <laughs> down the last month of the year. The interceptions kind of went up a little bit at the same time. They, they have to take, you know, who, Chicago should take Caleb Williams, and Washington should be happy with the concession prize of Drake May. Drake May over Jaden Daniels. Yeah, love Jaden Daniels. Um, I, I think he's a tier below those first two. You know, awesome, awesome player, fun player. I'm not buying into the idea of, like, oh, he's a late breakout. Like, no, he, he was uh, in 2019 as a true yeah. freshman. He beat Justin Herbert <laughs> uh, with yeah. 400 passing yards. But I just I, – throwing in, between the numbers to me, uh, you don't see it a lot on tape. It's a lot of throwing down the sidelines. 
and, and you know, it's just that that to me, I think is going to be interesting how that translates. Whereas Drake may throw him like backside digs and, and post routes, um, you know, corner routes from the opposite side. Like he just he'll throw any route. He throws absolute javelins, and I think he's a special talent as well. The hunch I was asking you is whether or not you have any sort of thought based on Peter's track record or what he might th- be thinking. Do you think he'll come to the same conclusion too that they have to go quarterback it too? I think it also ties into, you know, when you're leaving to, to go to this job and he can be picky and, and kind yeah. of pick his spot. I think the main yep. attraction is, all right, you get to walk in, you get your quarterback of your choosing right. because, you know, and then, of course, four other top 100 draft picks. They basically haven't spent in free agency in two, three years now, so they're good on the cap books. And you still do have some talent, um, you know, Terry McLaurin, et cetera, some good veteran players that you can build around as well. Uh, yeah, I think it was it was borderline. Like part of the the interest from him was the fact that he gets to pick his own quarterback. Great job as always. Always appreciate the time, Brad. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. At PFF underscore Brad Kevin Sheehan Show Team Nine Eighty. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.